another episode of Corky Town USA, a podcast for pets and their people. I'm Candy Kemp, owner of Corky Town USA, the future of the resort for pets and their people, Corgi themed. In my lap is our spokes, Korg Chuckles. He likes to slink down under the table and get cozy. I also have Mortimer and Booger next to me, hammers somewhere around here. And joining us remotely today is Kat, our executive producer. Hi, I'm Catherine Opoli, and uh, under my desk is one. Oh, look at—he's looking up at me like this. Uh, <laughs> is one Mr. Digby in the other room? Is uh, is Wigan the honorary corgi? Um, yeah. So, uh, so a little bit, little bit of remote action going on today. Yeah. Well, we we appreciate Kat coming in and joining us remotely since she couldn't be here physically. But I wanted to do this episode on health and longevity of your corgi. All of us want our pets to have as long and as healthy, happy, comfortable life as possible. As most of you who listen and follow know, I talk about Lilo, the most precious boy there ever was. I had him from 20, uh, 2004 to 2019. Uh, he was just a month shy of his 15th birthday, and I felt so blessed to have him as long as I did. And I also had a little girl who I lost tragically and unexpectedly from uh, kidney disease at eight, and that was a shock. And so going through all that, you know, we learn we look back and say, what can we do to, to have them here as long as possible, but also as healthy and as happy as possible. Exactly. And I was going to say, and, and not the same breed, uh, Wiggins breed, which is an Australian cattle dog or blue healer. They are a, a long lived breed. Um, and the longest supposed uh, cattle dog lived 30 years. What? Um, my, wow. One of my, right? And um, Wigan is 14 and Eric expects, we expect him to live given, you know, how much he runs and jumps and everything at age 14, at least another three or four years, if not longer, it's just a long lived breed. Um, Going to cats, um, my cousin had a cat that lived to 24. Um, That cat's mother, lived till about 20 or 21 if i remember correctly so it could be the breed it could be the diet it could be any number of things you know we even see uh when they talk about people who reached 100 well i had you know clean living and and you know i went to church on sundays and you know and i did all this wonderful stuff and then you interview the next person the next day and it's like oh yeah you know i smoke two packs of cigarettes a day and i drink whiskey and Individual and health, individual, individual health, health. And, we, and genetics. We know Betty White drank right up until uh, she was 99, almost 100. And we know she she liked she liked to have a beverage or two. That's right. So um, and there's underlying things that we should look at, I think. Well, we, we're not here to we're not here to share expert advice, but we nope. did we, we, we did have Jerry on before and her first corgi lived to 18. 
So I want to bring her back and talk about, uh, and also as a tribute to uh, this precious boy named Hambone. So should we bring her on, have her talk about that? Absolutely. Let's talk to Jerry. She's awesome. Welcome, Jerry. Oh, she's got a corgi in her lap. <laughs> this is uh, this is Hammy. Hammy. Hi, Hammy. You're beautiful. If you're listening and not watching, as we often do, I encourage you to go to our YouTube page so that you can see these adorable corgi babies. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you for coming and telling us about Hambone. If you're like me, Lilo was the one that started it all, right? We get a corgi and we're like, oh my gosh, this is wonderful. I need more. OCD is real. And <laughs> you have one that, that starts it. And I love, I tell anyone who will listen about the legacy of Lilo and people yeah. that meet me that haven't met him or didn't know him. I'm like, sit down. I'm going to tell you a story about the most precious boy there ever was <laughs> because everyone needs to know about this legend. Yeah. So I, we love tribute stories, and uh, this episode we want to talk about health and longevity of your corgi. So I thought, why not bring you on, talk about Hambone's legacy, uh, what you think contributed. So can you share with us part of it's how how you get them? And we talk a lot on the the podcast about finding reputable breeders, and it's actually changed yeah. over the years. We know about genetic diseases that we didn't years ago, and things are a little different now in a lot of ways, but we, without being preachy, we try to guide people on how to purchase a Corgi, get one that's mindfully bred. So we know that's part of it. Uh, but as, as we're talking about this, please tell us the story of Hamboat, how you got him. So, um, I think I alluded to why I picked the breed and the last time I was on. Please uh, tell us again. Yes. Uh, David Letterman's stupid pet tricks had a corgi <laughs> on named Pip, and it was an obstacle course. That's why it was so cute. Um, Who wouldn't be uh, seduced by that? What's that? Who wouldn't be seduced by that? I know. I know. <laughs> and I'm a fairly lazy person, and, and someone had recommended, like, don't get a Jack Russell. Like, it's not going to turn out well for you. So, so it was a corgi. And I went to, to, to your point about breed and how breeders, I went to um, a Corgi dog show, like an AKC uh, local show in Southern California. And I met breeders and that's how I kind of, you know, got introduced to um, the personality of the breeders. And the first breeder I met was really mean and very judgy. Oh no. She just was not nice. And then the woman that I ended up going with, her name is Karen Hook, and she no longer breeds, and she was so nice. And uh I visited their um their uh their place in um it was Ukaipa, California, and her and her husband were so nice and they had it, the place was super clean. Um, the, the husband, you know, said it's a hard job because you have to let go of dogs all the time. And he didn't like it. And um, that means they care a lot. Yeah. He didn't like having to give up puppies, you know. And and so that's where that's where we got Hambone. He was the runt of the litter. And he was the last to go. And um 
Uh, he, you know, and I knew nothing about dog ownership or anything because my parents were not dog people. So that was my first pet ever. Wow. And yeah. And, um, you know, he, he's just a great dog. He, um, he was a really big Corgi. He was about 32 pounds. He was a classic, beautiful sable you know, even with like a little mark on his face, like, you know what I'm talking about. They have perfect markings. Everything about him was awesome. My Lilo was a sable too. Yep. And he was right? big. Yep. <laughs> and um, he, everyone loved him because he was so, such a gentle dog, like just loved people. I think he thought he was a person sometimes. He'd always pick the most manly person in the room and go sit next to that person, you know? <laughs> um he i don't know so so to your point about genetics like because i didn't understand and he lived 18 because i didn't understand very much i mean he used to eat iams he ate like horrible food the first probably five to six years of his life because i had we no didn't know that we didn't know that then the research wasn't out as far as we knew when we grew up you go to the store you get your dog kibble the you feed him grocery kibble. store yeah. right yeah. the big yeah. bag and and then, um, and then I, then all of a sudden there was, you know, then we got cupcake, but this isn't about cupcake. And then, um, uh, then all of a sudden food started to change. Uh, Ollie was the first one that we got that was human grade cooked, not kibble. I got Ollie and then, you know, then we moved on to nom nom now, like, but, but to your point, it's like his first, his formative years was literally grocery store grade mm -hmm. and he was never sick. That dog got sick one time, one time. And that was it. And that was because I was feeding him raw and mm. he got a crazy stomach. He had to go in the hospital for two days. Oh, um, yeah, and then the vet was like, look, raw is, it's a risk sometimes. It could be contaminated. You know, you don't know. But he he that, he got sick one time out of the 18 years I had him. So um, other than that, um, once, once we started to understand more about diet um, and really kind of paying attention to, to their health, um, I didn't. I didn't really understand about IVDD. Yeah. I didn't understand about the back problems. And so he started to get, um, uh, and, and also this story is also about what I learned. So like what I transferred from him being a dog owner to my current pets. Right. Sure. So, um, IVDD arthritis, all those things he suffered from, he also suffered from kidney issues um, that uh, I found a company called Petnostics where you can do at home pet um, urine uh, testing. So I was really lucky to have great vets. Um, he even had like a rehab um, vet because um, he, he ended up getting like a herniated disc, had to get surgery. Oh. Yeah. They were like, we're going to, you know, this dog's too old. This is another vet. He's too old. Uh, don't do the surgery. And my personal vet was like, 
Uh, age is not a disease. He's a healthy 15 year old dog when he got the surgery, because I know you guys, I know who you are, how you treat him, how much attention you give to his health. Go for it. He got the surgery. Um, and then he lived for three years after that. Like it, it just, at the end of the day, um, it's never enough time. Like that's what right. I tell everybody. Of course. But, um, you know, you do the most you can, but you really have to pay attention to like the consistency of, you know, going to vet appointments, senior care. Once you get past a certain age, you, you need to go to the vet more often for blood tests, for urine tests, um, ultrasounds, senior blood panel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend, um, ultrasounds. He had, you know, he was impacted at one moment. Like we didn't know that he had crazy bladder infections. Um, he was, you know, like when, when people say their dogs are incontinent and they just pee in the house. Yeah. Well, basically what happened with Hambone is that he wasn't incontinent is that his, he, his bladder was so full of, of old pee, it would just come out. Aww. And the reason is he had repetitive, uh, UTIs. And so he was not, he was resistant to the antibiotics. So the only way I found that is they did a, they did an ultrasound and you could see his bladder was way bigger than normal. And you could see a ring of like dark urine. And so, yeah. So then they expressed him, um, you know, a hundred percent got all the urine out. They did a bacterial culture and they said, yeah, he is, he is, uh, it's, he's not going to, you keep bringing him in every three months because of antibiotics isn't, it's not sustainable. Right. And then he had to go on a crazy antibiotic, cleared it up. Then they found out he was impacted. But so like as a age, um, you, there's things you could do to, uh, you know, not make them regress because of the poor health, which is kidney issues, arthritis, um, you know, that they're impacted, they're, they're uncomfortable, they're not pooping. Like there's all these things that you could kind of look at versus, oh, I'm just going to let my dog age. And then when something goes wrong, you know, we all know what happens when something goes wrong. You're like, it's too late, but there's all these other things you could do to kind of figure out or, or early detect as best as you can, even though it, it's almost non-existent, but <laughs> so wow. that was bones like 18 years super healthy dog most likely genetic but the things that i could do for him um it took some time to learn and so now i'm putting that upon my dogs now for example cupcake who um is 15 she now goes to rehab to get stretched so that she doesn't get the advanced arthritis so that she doesn't you know, have back issues. Cause as they get older, they put on the weight, they slip around. And then, then before you know that they get a herniated disc, I mean, that's what happened to Hambo. And they, so there's, there's stretching that they do for this. They do stretching. They do. She does acupuncture. Um, yeah. I'm very interested in this because hammer, who is my yeah. senior now he's, ha he has hip dysplasia. 
Yes. And we had surgery on the one side. Yeah. He, I rescued him at four. And at five is when we discovered he had really bad hip dysplasia. So we had the surgery, uh, the acetabulum surgery on the one side. And then the, the recovery was pretty intense. Yes. A, a lot of hydrotherapy. You had to keep up with it. You know, keep it. You basically have to build a muscle joint because they take them joint away for those that don't know. And he recovered well. And all these years, he's been a champ. And I thought, wow, awesome. We've dodged it until about the last six months. And now his other hip is failing him and starting to slip under him. And the scary part is I don't know if he's at risk for GM or not. He's a rescue. I don't have that history on him. We can but, get tests for that. Yeah, you can get tests for that. But at, at this at this point, it's I want to keep him as mobile as possible for as long yeah. as possible regardless. But yeah. uh, we have a cart now that we're getting him used to because the vet, and I, I agree with my vet, he's 11 and that the risk of the surgery, because it is an invasive surgery and the heavy recovery involved might be harder on him at his age now. So now we're, we're trying to measure, but I'm interested in the stretching because he also has arthritis and we get the pentasan injections for yeah. the sore joints as well as some other things we're doing. And I'm sorry to segue there, but I'm very interested in the stretching. So we have not tried that. So basically, um, the, the, Vet that we go to, um, they're located in Southern California. It's Beach Animal Rehab. And what they do is uh, they do strengthening exercises for the dogs. Um, it's, uh, you know, corgis are long. So uh, I'll just, you know, this is just what I see. Is they go through an obstacle course where they're walking. I'll be like this, where they're walking like this so that they are getting the traction of their back. They are going under um, poles so that they're strengthening their abdomen, right? And then they also do laser therapy. They do stretching um, because at the end of the day, you know, the more mobile, to your point with the cart, you want to strengthen the muscles, but you also want to get the joints moving. So what I've noticed with Cupcake, and she has um, – not hip dysplasia, but one of them, it's, it's like, there's not a lot right. Holding in the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, she's doing all these exercises to strengthen her butt muscles so that it's holding the hips in place better. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what we would be doing if we were going to, uh, Pilates or yoga. It's like literally like getting her to sit up and down, like getting her to balance and all like strengthening muscles that they don't normally do by just going on a walk. Yeah. But yeah. yeah so, um, I took Hambone to this facility. He re rehabilitated from surgery to your point in, in less than two months. He wow. was, he was standing in like three weeks. Yeah. So he kind of, he got really lucky um, I mean, his hair really never grew back on his back, but like, literally it was kind of like, how, how did, you know, he did the hydrotherapy, but he had also been doing a lot of the, the, the physical therapy, which is the stretching and the laser therapy and like, you know, going through a course where they're lifting their legs up because they have to walk over things. It's like, you, you know, and they also give you instructions how to stretch them at home. Oh, yeah. So you're stretching like, you know, back muscles, thighs, pot, like everything. It's, it's actually like, I I've noticed, you know, cupcake is not 
she's a senior dog and she's like she's very uh limber i don't know if that's the right word but yeah, yeah. not hambone at her age hambone was like having a hard time getting up and he was like kind of hopping the back legs because of the arthritis right yeah, he's very she's very much on you know i think a better track well thank you for telling us about the stretching and i think i've heard of about it before but haven't put as much thought into it and and we're we're in california all the time usually for corgi events so may have to look into stopping by that clinic with hammer and getting some because I, I i'm it's all about keeping them as as healthy and happy as possible yeah. for as long as possible and yeah. i agree that i don't want to do the surgery on him at this at this point um because it was pretty intense it was several months of building up that muscle joint and i've kept up with the swimming and the walking and he's still starting to fail on it and yeah. that was just one of those things that could have happened so yeah. i'm very interested in the stretching because yeah he he is stiff he's kind of stiff they yeah. like click when they walk they're like click, click. you know they they're yeah. not fluid and handle right. notice like walking down a hill it was like his back legs would be like boop, boop, boop. it would be hopping more than his front i was like what is going on? I had no idea that it was like an arthritis. It's like another thing. You're just like, yeah. How do I not know these things? You know. And and well, now you know. And 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 you know, when we know better, we do better. Um, I was a massage therapist for ten years, so stretching on humans is great. Stretching on the dog yes. is great. And and you know, full disclosure, I don't I don't stretch these guys, and I should. It's very different. So don't think that you can. Just go don't, in there. Don't do it without help. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't do it without do guidance. It, do it. You want to do it with help. You want to, you want to certainly uh, get a professional that does this and knows how to do it. But if you think about it, race horses, there's somebody to massage them all the time. There's somebody, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, to stretch them and, and do acupuncture and all these things because somebody's livelihood depends on whether or not this horse yeah gracefully or click click clicks now your fur baby is your baby so <laughs> look into it do your research yeah and yeah. you don't you don't want you know you don't want yourself as you're aging you're like oh i don't i don't want to be this stiff person i know for me yes. my mom was always very active kind of until the end and she became stiff and I don't want to do that, you know, I want to be as active as she was, but I want to continue that activity. So we want to do it for ourselves. Why aren't we doing it for our fur babies? And yeah. And, and when Hamlin got the back surgery, um, again, he fell off the bed. Mm. And it's like, okay, all of our beds are platform beds now. That's another thing is if you have a corgi uh, and, and, they're going to fall off of something. They're going <laughs> to slide off. And that sent him in. And the surgery was 10 grand. Like, you know, you don't, it's so expensive. Yeah. And you're going to do whatever you can. So the way I look at it is, you know, for Cupcake, um, I need her to not, I need her to be healthier. And back health is so important for corgis because the weight gain, they're mm -hmm. long right they um they when they like put their when they like put their paws up i mean like look at how long their backs are like that's yeah. they're gonna do that 
right? Yeah. They're going to reach up and, and do that. So you, I think it's, um, for me, it's more preventative, you know, um, I think taking them on walks is great, but that, yeah, the next time you you're out in, in LA, um, you know, I could take you by their facility and you could see like the stretching is literally like stretching, mm-hmm. it's stretching their limbs. And then they do all of these exercises to then strengthen their core muscles, which sounds like, you know, yeah, but they're having like one move that she does is she has to, be- she has to squat like limbo squat and go under a bar. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like, you know, like how many muscles is that really like exercising for her, especially her, her abdomen. Like, it's pretty cool. Like they kind of know, yeah. right. Just like a chiropractor knows what, what movements are going to affect your, your arms and your spine and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. I imagine it's probably a little different per breed too. Yeah. As we're talking about corgis yeah. being long and low. And I've noticed, and that is great that you have platform. I actually have a very high bed, but I train everyone to wait and line up and let me put them in bed. And then they don't get to get <laughs> out of bed until they wait for me. Yeah. Uh, but I worry about Mortimer because he's my youngest and he is exceptionally long. He's longer than anybody. Yes, and I, and that back health, tall, we have our friend. Yeah. I mean, he's like an accordion, you know, <laughs> <laughs> And our friends from Three Crazy Corgis, I don't know if you know them, but we've interviewed yeah. them a few times. With, I know, Laura. Yeah. So they have Cupcake, and Cupcake has IVD, IVDD and had the surgery. They have to express her bladder. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Cupcake is your dog. Her dog is Buttercup. Excuse me. Buttercup, Buttercup. not Cupcake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were we were talking a lot during that time period, and we're, we're good Corgi friends. And... Um, yeah, we, it's just like, it just hits you like, oh my God, my dog can't walk. <laughs> like, wh- <Yeah>. what? <laughs> yeah. And the, and the one thing I like to add to this is with Hambone, I had dog insurance from when he was young. Mm-hmm. We get the, uh, we get surgery. I call the insurance company like, no, we don't cover that. I was like, he what do you mean? They're like, well, the breed is known for back problems. And I was like, wow. Okay. I just spent seven years on, on uh, pet insurance. And um, yeah, that was really disappointing. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So always, you know, I know there's a Check lot your of policy. <laughs> Check the policy. Exactly. Check your policy. Um, and you'll be surprised like what's not covered, um, because every breed is different, like, right. So, and I'm not, not, I'm not throwing shade on insurance companies, but one thing to keep in mind, and this is across all of the different types of insurance, they are for-profit companies. So they, their job is to get revenue from you as a, as a regular paying customer and try to find ways to not do payouts because that's the bottom line and they, they are there to make profit. So those are all things to be considered if you look at policies. I'm not anti-insurance. I don't mean for it to sound like that, but that's no. just to keep in mind. They are a for-profit company. So when you when you go into looking at things like pet insurance, keep that in mind. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And um, believe it or not, I 
and I, I think Candy, I might have heard this from you, or I heard it networking, but there's somebody here in Phoenix that, that does human insurance and pet insurance. Oh, so, yeah. Um, more yeah. options than we would have had when, when Hambone was a baby and Lila was a baby, for sure. Certainly yeah. more options. And so just like you would talk to your insurance agent to decipher, uh, what did, what does that cover? What does that mean? See if yeah. you can't find a, a pet insurance agent and say, what does that cover? What does that mean? Yeah, policies are written by lawyers. So a lot of times you need help <laughs> deciphering. <laughs> the disappointing part is the surgery for Hambone was 10 grand. Oh. They misdiagnosed him uh, after surgery. They're like, You're, there's something wrong with your dog. You're going to have to put him down. He might have sepsis. So you may have to put him down. I was like, what? Because oh a surgeon God. called me and said everything was fine. So he was in the hospital for two more days. I had my trusted vet call them, read the, the diagnosis. He's like, your dog, Hambone does not have sepsis. And then two days later, Hambone walks out of that hospital. They're like, it's a miracle. And I'm like, no, you guys didn't know what you were doing, right? Yeah call the insurance company. Can you cover the other stuff? No. Cause it was part of the back surgery. I'm like, no, the back surgery was finished. Then he was diagnosed with like, he might die from se being septic. Goodness gracious. How scary that whole thing. Yeah. They literally told me to put him down that night. And I, I, I said, no, I'm like, no. And my husband said to them, just keep him overnight. If he, something goes wrong, call us. We went to sleep, woke up, no phone calls. I'm like, we were like, what? And he lived for three more years. Wow. And they're like, no, you need to put him down. Like the, the, the doctor actually said you have to put him down. I'm like, no, I'm not going to, he's a healthy, he's a healthy dog with a, with, with a herniated disc. Yeah. So I don't trust, I don't, I don't, it, it is really sketchy. Like, I mean, we could do an episode on like horror stories of, of, um, you know, things that you're faced with and you might have a, a vet or a doctor that, you know, they're just going to say whatever and with no compassion, but then you get lucky and you have a great vet who will really, who knows you and they'll tell you like, no. And so what we did is we transferred Hambone to my vet he hired someone to stay overnight and like everything was fine. Oh my God. <laughs> well, but you know, I have to say that this is also another testament, just like our episode we did with you on, on the cancer, that you are a very attentive parent, that you pay attention, you use that balanced approach, multiple medical uh, opinions coupled with your intuition as a parent and not just taking it for face value. Second opinions are also very helpful. And we do actually have an episode coming up about what questions to ask a vet as you're looking. We have a friend that, that had a, a very unfortunate story that we will share in the future. It's heartbreaking. So uh, that will be in the future, but, but that's kind of what we want to talk about is, you know, with medical professionals, both veterinary and medical, it is called practice for a reason. Humans yeah. do make mistakes. We know lives are at stake, but they are human and we want to approach that compassionately. 
and we so appreciate what our what our veterinary professionals yeah. do for us yeah. above anything like i i won't move out of my town because of my vet like yeah. i'm like i'm sorry i can't move my vet is down the street yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you know we, we are so appreciative of that so without it sounding like you know i'm trying to say that it, it's practice humans make mistakes but if you don't you do, like if you don't like the vet find a new one like you don't want to ask questions yeah and you want to ask you, the proper questions yeah. and you want to ask before um you know you want to ask before anything happens you want to ask before <laughs> yeah. there's an emergency you want to get to know your vet you want to get to know your doctor and you want to say i feel comfortable with you um uh, you know jerry you brought up that one doctor said no but the doctor that you trusted said yes yeah and candy you brought up you know, your doctor said no, and that's the doctor you trust, and you went with it. So if you don't trust the medical professional that you've chosen, choose another medical professional. Because yeah. Because always second guess. And, and they I, should be open to your questions. You know, should, mine they must be open to your questions. And Mine has yeah. good reasons for advising against surgery for hammer. We yeah, talked I, about it at length, you know, and yeah, she's always yeah. open to this is a route we could go. Yes, I don't think so, in my opinion. And here's why, you know, yeah. someone that takes that approach that's open to having that conversation. And, and she knows you and your dog when they told me that this is, you know, it's risky. The other the other hospital says risky for him to get surgery at 15. They were just looking at a piece of paper. They weren't looking at the dog. And looking at his medical, he's never been sick. He looked great. If you saw a photo of Hambone at 15, you're like, people would always be like, he looks like he's 10 years old. It's just, yeah. it's just, you know, everybody takes care of their dogs differently. And it's also genetics. It's not just a number on a piece of paper. So that, that was really, it was one of the most offensive uh, situations I had been in. And, and, it, and Absolutely. it made me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to a human just go, well, they're old. So like, just don't do anything. Like, would you really do that? You wouldn't do that. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm sorry that you <laughs> went through that with them, but um, I want to, without taking too much time, we, we've taken your afternoon and we appreciate you so much. Um, I did want to leave the audience. Uh, thank you for sharing your journey, uh, what you applied to, to give Hambone a wonderful, long and happy, healthy Corgi life. Is there anything you want to share with the audience that you would like them to know about Hambone? Um, Hambone was a love child. His <laughs> father got out of, you know, the kennel and he, he was a love child. He was a mistake and he was born on Christmas day. Oh, Christmas baby. And, and I acquired him on Valentine's day. So everything about him was just like this. He was like a perfect being. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I still, awesome. I still tear up because I miss him so much. You of know? course, you miss him every day. You think about him every day, talk about every him every day. day. And yeah. I will like gladly show everyone that I like cry every single time I talk about him. Yeah. But yeah, he was a, he was a love child. <laughs> I love that. What do you want the world to know? He was a love child. <laughs> His dad escaped and they had him, you know. 
<laughs> so funny. I love it. That's but, perfect. But I'll also add this. He was he was kind of an ass. <laughs> he wasn't perfect. But uh, yeah, we all have those moments when you're like, my my dog's kind of an ass. <laughs> but that was part of his personality. He's, he's he was a corgi. They have their own opinions on the way things should go. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I have a, a giant uh, blown up poster sized picture of Lilo hanging in a framed photo in my entryway. Oh, so that and, and, and when we when we open Corgi Town USA, all the cabins will be named after my corgis. And so the, the suite will be <laughs> the suite will be Lilo's lounge. So uh, he he's very much very dedicated. Very So I understand completely. Um, those are those are your legacy babies. You think about them every day. They're they're still with you. You just can't hear their paw steps anymore. Well, that's why we got Hammy because people were like, "You're crazy." You have four. Hammy was born on Christmas Day, and he's a sable, and it was like, and he's a male. So that's why we got him because it was like, well, it's this, it's it's the same spirit. Like they're yeah. like, yeah. and he's he's very much like Hambone. So that's why we got him. Oh. Oh, I have four as well. I got Mortimer. <laughs> Mortimer was what Kat calls my accidental pregnancy. I wasn't planning on a puppy, um, but Mortimer found his way to me, and he was born yep. on my birthday. Oh. So fine. we share a birthday. Perfect. That's a sign. Yeah. There you have it. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, for sharing your story. We appreciate it, and um, we're giving lots of love, heavenly love to Hambone, and thank you for giving him such a wonderful life. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Have a good evening. You guys, uh, thanks for having me on. Bye. Thank you. Bye. I, my heart is so warm right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's, you know, as I said in the beginning, it, it, it depends on so many different things. And yet there are so many things that we can be aware of and that we can pay attention to. And by doing those things, we extend a life. You know, by, yeah. by being aware, by paying attention and taking action, um, well, with aware, pay attention, we can, with mine, it's Mortimer specifically, it's just keeping him from eating things. My goodness. Even as we were having our discussion here, he was trying to chew on some cables and cords and I, <laughs> oh, some, uh, sometimes they make your, your job harder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, well, Kathy, well, we do. They make, they make life worth living. That's for sure. But we are going to sign off today from all of us here at Corgi Town USA. We are here for you every Thursday. All things Corgi, Corgi lifestyle, health of the breed, traveling with your Corgi. Again, every Thursday, we are a small business. You help us by liking and subscribing. Share our videos. Comment. Let us know what you think. Tell us what you want to hear, what you want to see, how we can bring good content to you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That's Corgi Town USA. We also have a website, Corgi Town USA. From all of us here, Candy, Cat, Chuckles, Mortimer, Booger, Digby, Hammer, Wigan, have a wonderful yeah. evening. Cor Corgi on. Corgi on. Bye. <laughs> Bye.